Welcome to the Ali Maz Show, where we focus on human being and spiritual living with a deep inclination for the divine. Together, we delve into the seen and the unseen. We explore what it means to be well and whole from the inside out. Over the last 17 years, I've been focused on how movement, breath, and the power of the mind can liberate us from the template of our conditioning and carve a path to live a truly authentic life. My hope is that my guests will inspire and expand you to continue to choose the life that is yours. Welcome to the Amazon Show's first inaugural episode. I am so excited that you're here, that you're listening. This podcast has felt like a really long time coming, and it was something that I have been truly just afraid to do. And it's January when you are hearing this. It's the new year, and I've been thinking a lot about fresh dreams and fresh intentions, and what has come up for me is how actually simple (laughs) – and when I say simple, I don't mean easy, but simple. You have a thought. You feel your way into that thought. Uh, You take action and it becomes reality. And that's certainly what this podcast is. I've spent the last month recording episodes with some of the most inspiring people that I know that I could think of to bring on uh, and share deep conversations. Given that introduction, you have a bit of an idea of, of where we're going and um, and if you know me or are familiar with my work, you'll know that uh, dreaming is a big part of who I am and what I do. And to kick off this podcast, I wanted to share a wholly new dream with you, a dream that I have not exactly shared publicly yet. I am pulling up my roots from Los Angeles. I've been here for three whole years and my husband and I are driving across the country stopping in a few places, taking a load off for a couple of weeks in Asheville, North Carolina, where I will lead my first uh, training of the year, a breathwork training, an in-person training with one of my best friends, George Ramsey, who is on the podcast. That episode should be live now. You can hear a little bit more about our training. You can learn a little bit more about breathwork, um, our friendship, which I think is really beautiful and hopefully inspiring to others. So we'll be in Asheville. Then we're heading to New York. We moved from New York three years ago and we're heading back for about a month and a half to see some family, see some friends, catch our breath. And then we go to Mexico at the beginning of March for my first retreat of the year, which is Lady Vana, a women's retreat happening in Sayulita. And then we stay. We stay in Mexico to start looking and sourcing land because, drum roll please, we are opening our own boutique hotel retreat center somewhere in the country. We're not sure yet where we want to be. So this decision has been uh, in the in the background for a long time. And some of you might know this, but I met my husband in Nicaragua seven and a half years ago. On a whim, I was sent to Nicaragua to the hotel my husband was running at the time uh, through Lululemon, actually. Lululemon said, hey, Ali Maz, do you want to go teach a yoga retreat in the jungle at this amazing place called Madeiras Village? And uh, it's at the end of August. This was in 2016. And I said, sure, that sounds amazing. 
And what ended up happening was the retreat was canceled due to a few things. The woman who was planning it had quit her job um, and Lululemon was feeling nervous about Zika virus. So her assistant called me and said, hey, the retreat's not going to happen, but all of your expenses are paid if you just want to go. And I've written this about the story before in my Substack. There's a lot more juicy details that I won't get into right here. Uh, but the long, the short of the long of it is uh, I had a boyfriend at the time. We were just about to move in together. Uh, I was incredibly busy running uh, my studio that I co-owned with Gian Pablico, who is also going to be on the podcast. And I had an ear infection. And so all signs pointed to it was not a great idea. It was the wrong time. And at the time, I was living in Deep Cove in Vancouver, Canada. And I feel like I have more of a Canadian accent right now. I was just home for Christmas. So if you're hearing my uh, boots, that's why. But I was home and I was sitting on the beach and in meditation and I just asked the divine creator, God, source, universe, whatever you choose to call it, but to me, God. And I said, what is the point of this trip? Because it doesn't feel in alignment. And I heard you're going to meet the love of your life. And those of you who might be familiar with being in conversation with God uh, might trust that voice and go, okay, no problem. Love my life. Here we go. And some of you might think, okay, this woman is talking to God. Can, can I do that? The answer is yes. But I had over the years developed this deep relationship with just listening to life and life was telling me you're going to meet the love of your life. However, I took that information as I thought maybe I was already with that partner, that person. And so I thought maybe the love of my life is surfing because I'm going to Nicaragua and to this cool beach hotel, surf, yoga, etc. And I had just signed my book deal. And so I also thought maybe writing is the love of my life. And I also thought maybe I'm the love of my life. Maybe this is a trip to rediscover and deepen the relationship that I have with myself. So I took that as amazing. Either way, I'm going, there's going to be love here. I did not expect that that love was going to be in the form of a human man <laughs> named Bill, <laughs> but it was. I saw him from across the Palapad restaurant in the middle of the jungle and I kid you not, I just looked across and I saw him and I thought, that's my husband. And I was very certain of that. And as the week developed, we connected and there was just something so familiar about us and familiar about him. And I was having sort of these multi-dimensional sort of in and out flashbacks of us being together in different lifetimes and us being together in the future. And so more to the story. It's in my Substack uh, if you want to read it. But I came home to Vancouver. I broke up with my boyfriend. I went to New York for my 30th birthday. I stayed with friends. Those friends said, hey, we're going to this place called Madeira's Village for Thanksgiving. You should come with us. And I said, oh, that's where I just was. And I hit up Bill 
and said, hey, I want to come back. My friends are coming. I'd love to see you again. And the rest is history. Here we are (laughs) to current day, January 2024, seven and a half years later, where we are finally ready to embark on creating and building something similar to where we met, a place that is part boutique hotel, part retreat center. We want to build a music studio, a place where people can come together and potentially meet the love of their life, but really a place to be inspired, a place to relax, restore, to heal. Um, It feels like one of the greater purposes of why we met and I somehow always felt like we would do this. So it might feel quick and fast to people that uh, are seeing me maybe on Instagram go like, hey, we're leaving LA, see you later. Uh, But to us, it's sort of been this background dream and this idea of having a thought, taking action and seeing how quickly it can manifest uh, is something I've seen over and over again in the many iterations in my career. And there's something about this dream in particular where I do not feel fear I don't feel afraid. And that's new for me. I am someone who probably like you, all of us have been conditioned to be afraid of the world, especially if you are female. And I just feel like we're in a position where we're just doing this deep work together, my husband and I, and this big trust fall and saying, okay, universe, I I just, I trust you. I trust that all of the accumulation of our hard work and our skill sets and who we are and this sort of unique energetic signature of both of us as humans can come into the world and create something really special. So big, big trust, the most I've ever trusted. And I'm grateful and, and deeply aware that in the creation of the yoga studio that I, I co-built with Gian to the trainings and retreats and the travel and the things I've done throughout the years with my yoga teaching uh, have led us to this point. And Bill has worked in hospitality for years. He's opened many, many projects. And so it's time to do it on our own. And this is the year to do it. So you're hearing it here first. We are on our way, likely when you hear this across the country. We have packed up our entire life. We have sold everything. We've consolidated our life into about four suitcases, two each, which is no easy feat. (laughs) And we are eastbound into winter and then headed down south to go pursue our dreams. So that is my announcement on the first Ali Maz show ever. That's where we're heading. So you can follow along on that journey. And now I want to switch gears into what this podcast is really about. So you heard it in the description. We are talking about the divine. We are talking about movement, breath, the power of the mind. We're talking about thinking outside of the conditioning the template of our conditioning. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we're born, society, our parents, our families, our cultural background, our ancestors have often defined what it means to be alive and human. Maybe your family has given you a set of jobs that are uh, uh, suitable for you or 
you feel that you have to live in one place or you have to do one thing. And so breaking free of some of these molds and the the template that was set for you or the blueprint that was set for you. And sometimes the blueprint that's set for you feels amazing and feels like exactly what you should be doing. And other times it feels like you are trapped. And so I have conversations in this podcast about what it means to live a life that is yours. And I am a firm believer that everyone has a purpose, that you are put on this planet for a reason, and not necessarily even put, you chose. On some level, you chose to be here. You said, put me in coach. I'm going back in for another round of life. (laughs) I'm going to go learn the lessons that I need to learn. So give me the experiences I need to learn these lessons. Not everyone believes that. That's something that I believe. I certainly feel like I chose to be here in this time. It's not an easy time, as you all know. But I think the the purpose of life is to come down to earth <laughs> and understand what lights us up and see how that thing that lights us up can be in service of others. So how is your passion in service? And if you're familiar with the Aikigai, it's a Japanese concept for purposeful living. It combines these things. It says, what lights you up? What does the world need? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? And these four categories are the formula to living a purposeful life. What You start with what you love. And so if you've done this exercise before, if you might want to, as you're listening, jot it down or think about it, what do you love? And this can be not just the obvious things, but go into the hobbies, the stuff that you do when no one's around. Go into the little nitty gritty details of the stuff that you think no one else would care about. What lights you up? And you write as many things as you possibly can in that category. And when I describe Aikigai, I like to use the example of Girlvana Yoga, which was my first business. Girlvana is an organization that supports the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health of self-identified teenage girls. I do this through retreats and workshops and my published book called Girlvana. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to offer the world at age 23, I wrote down all the things that I love to do. And they were yoga, journaling, being outside in nature, enjoying healthy food, swimming in the ocean, dancing, making art, crafting, uh, deep conversations, listening, sisterhood, um, vulnerability. So even writing down some emotions, things that, that um, are you feel connected to. So let's say for this example, of Girlvana, all the things that I loved were were those things and still are. In the second category, and you can Google Aikigai and you can see there's there's four circles and they overlap in the Venn diagram, but that would be the top circle. The second circle is what does the world need? And this is a specific question just for you. Where does your heart bleed? Where do the strings of your heart get pulled? Where does your heart break? For me at age 23, I had recovered from a lot of disordered eating, a lot of self-hate, a lot of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. And my heart was breaking for the young women of the world, the teenage girls of the world that I know were dealing with things 
know still are dealing with things uh, that I was going through. And so I was looking at my younger self. I was looking at the teenage me that didn't really know about yoga or breath work or journaling or ways to express myself. And so I looked at the eating disorder community. I looked at mental health and mental illness and young people. That was really where, and again, still is where my, my heart bleeds. So that's category number two. The third category says, what can you get paid for? And this is important because this is the society we live in. We live in a capitalistic society. We have to pay our rent. We got bills. So what can you get paid for? And so in my case at that time, I could get paid for teaching dance, teaching yoga. That was pretty much it at the time. But within that category, leading workshops, leading retreats, class series, I could go into high schools and teach yoga. So I looked at all the things that I could get paid for. And then the last circle says, what are you good at? And this Sometimes what you're good at is what you love. And other times you might be good at a lot of stuff that you do not love. And Guy says that what you can get paid for and what you're good at is where most people land. Oh, I'm just good at this thing. It's like second nature to me. I get a steady paycheck. That's enough. That's where most people are. And that's what Guy would call a profession. It's what you're good at and you get paid for it. Do you love what you're doing? Not necessarily. Is it in service to the people? Not necessarily. So Aikigai asks us, how can you combine all four categories? And so for me, when I looked at what I was good at, I was good at connecting. I was good at relating to teenagers. I was good at uh, creating. I was quite entrepreneurial. I was quite brave. (laughs) I didn't really have many other skill sets than that. I definitely didn't know how to start a business. And so within those four circles, Girlvana was born. I didn't use this framework exactly, but when I came upon it, I realized, oh, I, I did that. And I love this framework, especially for people who are seeking out new goals, new new purposes. This is a nice way to look at all of it. I'm passionate. It's what the world needs. I'm good at it. I can get paid for it. And so Gravana was born and it's been however many years. Let's see. I don't know, 12, 13, maybe even 14 at this point and to see what it's blossomed blossomed into. That was the beginning of my career. Gravana turned into an amazing yoga fitness community studio in Vancouver, British Columbia. It turned into a published book with Penguin Random House. And it turned into Lady Vana, which is the grown-up version. It's the big sister of Girl Vana, which is my uh, women's retreat business. And then it shifted into another iteration, which is Feel Vana, which is a yoga teacher training program with my dear friend Ashley Brodeur, who is an incredible yoga teacher and therapist. So we train other people how to become yoga teachers. So I don't even know how I got on this rant, but all to say... <laughs> That dreams are freaking real. And in the creation of all of those dreams, I definitely had a lot of fear. I definitely had a lot of doubt. I definitely had a lot of imposter syndrome. I definitely asked the question all the time, who am I to do this thing? And you know the answer to that question is always, well, who are you not to? And one of the slogans for Girlvana Yoga has always been, the world needs you to be you. 
We do not need you to be someone else. We do not need you to follow a path that someone else wants for you. We need you. What the world needs for you to do is dig deep down inside of your heart, figure out what you love, what the world needs, how you can get paid for it and what you're good at and combine all of that and bring it into the world. And I know we hear this, especially in the post-pandemic world, now more than ever, now more than ever. I hear myself saying that on a daily basis, and I really, really believe it. I really believe it. And a couple of years ago, I guess it's been one year. One year ago, I took, uh, I left a job that I was at for two years that was uh, in the tech startup space and very unlike me. I have never had a real job. I've been basically a dance teacher and then a yoga teacher my entire adult life. I did not go to college. I barely graduated high school. And I thought that if I just take a real, quote unquote, real job with healthcare and a great salary, then maybe I've made it. Because I felt like as an entrepreneur, there was always this thing inside of my heart that was like, Will it ever be good enough? Will I ever prove myself enough unless, I don't know, I have some title or I have some sort of steady income? And I took the job. It was in the middle of the pandemic. I learned a ton. It was an incredible experience. It was a challenging experience. It was many, many things. But there was this tug in my heart the whole time that kept saying, you're building someone else's dream. And even though it was a cool dream, it wasn't my dream. And even though I had every two weeks the same amount of money dropped into my bank account, I could save money, I could, you know, project, I would. I knew how much was coming in because as an entrepreneur, you don't always know that. There's a lot more uncertainty. Even though I had all of those things, it was the cost. The cost was too high on my spirit. And it was an easy decision in a lot of ways to say, I don't want this anymore because I could feel the toll. And a close friend of mine said to me, when I watch you teach or I tune into one of your classes, it's just not you. The spark is gone. And that was like all I needed to hear Um, because authenticity authenticity is the most important thing to me. Being myself is the most important thing to me. I have worked so many years and I felt like I just gave it all up for someone else. And I traded my freedom. I traded this work that I had been cultivating for years and years and years for safety. And sometimes we have to do that. I just ran into a friend recently that has made that decision to go back into the corporate world and it makes sense for him. He's understanding why he's doing it and the intention is clear and great. This is not to say quit your corporate job. Just quit it if it's killing your soul. And the rebuilding back into being an entrepreneur again, the reason why you're listening to this podcast, the reason why I'm giving up my whole life here in Los Angeles and recreating again uh, a new dream and I don't have any fear around it is because I spent an entire year, all of 2023, facing my shit. And I'm so grateful for the two years that I spent at a company building someone else's dream because I don't think I would have as much appreciation as I do now. I don't think I would have as much understanding of how important my work feels to me now. 
than if I didn't have that contrast. And certainly, you know, when you leave a job, sometimes it's like this weird breakup and it feels icky and, you know, you might have doubts. I never had doubts, but it felt, (laughs) it just felt challenging for a while. And there was a lot of emotion there. There was sadness and grief and anger and resentment and, you know, some of those things that, that live when you leave. And working through all of those emotions really to get to the core of it was how I was actually upset at myself for flicking the switch of my intuition off for not listening sooner. And all of that was another layer to forgive myself and understand it took what it took and now being out on the other side and offering my work back into the world. Last year I did four retreats, three trainings. Um, I got to travel a ton and the two words that I felt so connected to when I left that job were freedom and service because I felt like I didn't have those things. I didn't feel free and I didn't feel like I was rolling my sleeves up enough and being in service enough and really doing the nitty gritty work, the healing work. And I dedicated my whole year to freedom and service, freedom and service. And as I reflect on the last year and come into this new year, I realize that those are the, the backbone of everything that I do. And as I look at this next dream to build again a brick and mortar after the district, my studio always said, I'll never have a brick and mortar ever again. Um, But here I am at 37 years old feeling like, no, it's time to build the walls again. It's time to create a container again, a place that is our own. And this feels like a legacy project. This feels like a place where our families can come together, not just my family or Bill's family, your families, uh, a place where you can retreat, where you can seek refuge, a place where you can come to heal, a place where you can come to create, and a place that's all our own, that we are not um, not in control. We are the ones that are creating the vision and creating the dream and co-creating with all those who come. So this feeling of being fearless has taken a lot of work. And I talk about this a lot in my writing and on social media, but this idea that worry is a drug and we are addicted to worry. I certainly was when things are going smoothly. uh, My brain has this default setting. My mind just goes, what could I worry about right now? As I fall asleep at night, I go, oh, what should I stress out about? And I observe it constantly, and it's just in the programming, especially for women. We love to make a fuss. My teacher says a woman's favorite question is, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong about this? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? That's mostly the main one. What's wrong with me? And I listen to, you know, my family. I don't really listen to the news, but the narrative comes from fear. What if? What what if? What if? What if this happens? And the question is for me, again, is that responsible? What if that doesn't happen? You know, if you're able to think of the worst case scenario, can you also think of the best case scenario? Your mind is so trained and it's the, the brain does have a negativity bias. We all have it. So we have to work hard at rewiring ourselves to look for the good, to look for the light, to look for um, 
what is beautiful, to look for what is working, what is working. And I want to ask you that question right now. What is working? What is working in your life? We'll just take a little pause. Let's take a breath. This is a good point to take a breath. Let's inhale together to the count of four, three, two, one. Hold your breath at the top. Relax your shoulders. Soften your jaw. And as you exhale, part the lips and breathe out. (sighs) What is working in your life? There's always something, even if it's just teeny tiny. What I learned this year is that the antidote to worry or fear is action and creativity. So all the times that I feel bottled up with all of this worry, all of this stress that starts to manifest into anxiety and then panic and panic attacks and then feeling paralyzed, not wanting to get out of bed and blah, 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 is action, is creativity, is to create. And probably a lot of that fear and worry and anxiety uh, was then channeled into this podcast and likely channeled into this next dream and putting myself out there even on the days that I didn't want to or the days that I felt scared. And now that I'm, I'm really not hiding behind another brand, you know, I was always associated with a few brands um, and companies and, you know, now I'm, I'm just me and putting myself out there in the rawest way I have. And that feels so important to me to be as authentic as I can and not sort of hide behind a brand voice or a, a brand image of me. I just get to be me, which is huge. And present myself into the world the way I want to took me moving out of a lot of my fear and just saying, okay, I feel uh, numb or paralyzed or terrified, but I'm going to create anyways. And it started last year with just creating a sub stack, which is just a writing platform and sharing a lot of my innermost thoughts and sharing about things I hadn't shared on social media before sharing about plant medicine ceremonies, my ayahuasca experience, sharing about that little tidbit of how I met my husband. There's way more detail on the Substack. Um, sharing about things that are really close to my heart and expressing myself, uh, the deep need to express myself and, and to create my work was the the thing that kept pulling me out of the worry, pulling me out of the fear. And alignment feels good. If you're my student, you've probably heard me say that before. It's like a yoga pose. When you get into alignment in the pose, it feels good. And when we get into alignment in our life, it feels good. So we have to listen to when it doesn't. And there's a difference between discomfort and pain. And we say that in the asana practice as well. If you're in a deep hip stretch, there could be discomfort there um, or there could be pain. And you are the one that discerns you know, you are the one that understands the difference. So there's an edge for me, certainly, as I go on to this next dream. Uh, there's a lot of discomfort. I'm currently sitting in uh, my office in LA that has, if you can only see the boxes and the suitcases, and it's a disaster in here because we are 11 days away from hitting the road. It's, it's uncomfortable to be in the change, but it's certainly not painful. And we get more comfortable with the discomfort. 
those of you that do the active breathwork practice, you'll know this, that it's uncomfortable to push up against some of these edges in that practice. And it's the same with life. You know, all of these practices, yoga, meditation, breathwork, they are all just a practice for life. This is why we do them because it prepares us for life, it prepares us to show up fully. So I'm no stranger to being uncomfortable. I think that when we stay too comfortable, we stay too complacent, then we don't achieve the things that we want to achieve in this lifetime. And make no mistake, I'm not a big like set the goal, do the thing. Um, I, I like to frame my quote unquote goals as dreams. They're dreams. They're not on a timeline. My dreams are not on a timeline. This hotel project I thought was going to come when I was like 45 years old. It's come a lot earlier because the time was right. I was listening. I was checking in. I was doing my work. I was in my meditations. I was paying attention to the way my body, my heart, my mind felt uh, in Mexico or in Central America in these locations where I'm near the ocean. I'm teaching my work. Uh, I'm in a small community. I'm eating beautiful food. I was paying attention to how that felt. And uh, in the episodes that you'll hear in the next few, I talk a lot about Panama because I had recorded a lot of those episodes when I got back from Panama. And I was there for a month. And in the visioning of this new dream, I would be at the retreat center in Panama. Shout out to Sansara. I've been using this retreat center since 2017. They're incredible. Owned by a Canadian couple, Mike and Janelle. And... um. I would wake up every day in one of their beautiful little casitas and walk down to the ocean and I would just pretend just be Delulu. I would just be like, this is my life. You know, this is who I am. I wake up, I make my tea, I walk down, my feet are in the sand. I am not stuck in traffic in LA <laughs> and I'm here. I'm in this peace and this quiet. And so when I came home from Panama, it just felt like it was time to make some moves. And so we are, we are making these moves and part of manifestation, as I said, it begins in the void, it begins in the darkness. So if you've done any moon work with me, you'll know that the new moon is when there is no visual of the moon in the sky. There's no visible moon. And the, it is a time of darkness, and it's in the darkness that you cultivate. So you think of a seed underground. And the void is inherently feminine. It's the womb it's the seed, it's the, 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 the growing of something. And it happens um, in the dark. And so I've held this dream close to me in the dark, in my meditations, in my, my intimate conversations with my small circle for a long time. And now the, the, the light is starting to illuminate. If you think about the moon cycle, the moon is, is waxing, meaning it's growing in its power. It's illuminating and it's telling me time to share the dream, time to be public with the dream. I've done lots of sort of quiet watering and now I want the world to start to water the dream with me. You know, as we start to share, this has been amazing. We said, oh, we're going to do this thing. And then, you know, it goes, oh, you need to meet this person. Or, oh, my husband's an architect. He works in Mexico. Or, oh, so-and-so, da-da-da. And so there is a time to hold your dream close in the darkness. And there is a time in which to start sharing your dream and illuminate your dream and let other people uh, see your dream 
and work with your dream as well. So that's the stage that we're in. And it feels really fitting. God, I love alignment. I love how these things work. The podcast is going to launch. We're going to be on the road. The, the cat's out of the bag. This is what we are up to. And it really is the the breaking of the mold of, of who I thought I would be. It's important for me to always acknowledge my parents because they um, certainly didn't create a template for me in terms of career. Anything I have said that I wanted to do, they've been wildly supportive, inclusive of this dream. I don't think there's two people that are more excited actually about this dream than my mom and my dad. Um, but I certainly am breaking the template of, of who I thought I could be in this world. And with the power of movement, breath, and the discipline I have, I have undergone with my own self when it comes to the the wild horse of my mind um, has really been the work in 2023. And what I mean by that is our minds are like wild horses. We do need to train them because they buck and they move and they run and we feel out of control often right? The mind will go worst case scenario, worry, you're not good enough, blah, 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 blah. And it's just chirping away at you all day and all night. So breaking up the patterns of this negative self-talk and reseeding the mind with language that's supportive, words that are supportive. And it's not this like positive spiritual bypassy stuff. It's deep belief in oneself. And I don't know. The work works is all I can say. Because <laughs> as we embark, I'm feeling pretty damn good. And I feel really excited to take you along on this journey. I don't know what this whole year is going to entail other than a few little spots of of retreats. So back in Italy for a retreat, back in Mexico, and back to Panama, all of those registrations will be live if they aren't already. So you can check those things out. But other than that, I have no idea. And I just love that the unknown is here. It's always here. Even if you think you have a plan, there is so much unknown coming your way. So instead of resisting, instead of fighting the unknown, can you surrender into the unknown? One of my teachers says uh, her definition of surrender is this or something better. This or something better. I really like that. This idea of could be this or it's something better. And if you're really struggling right now, one of the affirmations that I've used in the past that I really loved is show me how it gets better. Show me how it gets better. Go be in conversation with God. Go be in conversation with the universe. Life is a co-creation and life knows how to live itself. We do not need to swim upstream in control. We need to let go and flow with life. And another thing that my beloved teacher says, I'm hoping I get to interview her on the podcast. She's open to it. We'll see if we can get her. Uh, but that discipline begets joy. And so this is not to say it's January and you need your resolutions and you need to get back into routine. The way I look at it is the ways in which I'm disciplined, meaning, oh, I catch myself in a negative thought. There's fear here. There's worry here. I work a new thought in. I work a new mantra in. I catch myself. Or 
showing up to ritual instead of routine. Routine's not really my gig because I'm a cyclical being. So are you. We operate differently every single day. Every season is going to call for something different. So I'm not, I'm not regimented, but I'm certainly show up for ritual and the sacred every single day. So that could be writing in my journal, lighting a candle, definitely having time to meditate, being outside if you can, getting rest where you need to, expressing yourself through movement, having a hot bath. There's so many ways to show up for ritual. But there is a little bit of discipline in that. And it does beget joy. It brings more joy in when you do not let the wild horse of your mind run away. Each time it does, you come back and you recenter yourself. The fastest, quickest, cheapest, easiest way to do that is take a breath. So as we close, let's take one more. Inhale slow. Let the breath come in slowly, filling deep down into your belly such that the lower belly expands. The sides of your ribs get bigger. Hold this breath at the top for four, three, two, one, and then exhale. All right, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Ali Maz show. I hope that this podcast creates a safe space and a brave container for you to explore yourself, your dreams, that which you are co-creating in this lifetime, that I can be your friend, that I can wash the dishes with you and sit in traffic with you or fly across the world with you and that you can bring me along and I thank you deeply for your support. And I am so excited to share these upcoming episodes with you. I will see you in the next episode. Bye.